0: We're middle now of the 17th letter, and he's talking about reform, right? And again, and he's talking about, uh, you know, last week he, he kind of, we, we, we brought up the concept of a term, Derek Haaretz. I don't know if I did it justice, but I also don't think that I, I want to. It's not, uh, we don't have to, you know, focus too much more on that. Now, again, we get the, the sense of it. Um, we're now on page 242. See the damage that the age has caused us. Ignorance and misconception of Judaism. And in addition, to This the tendency penetrating our modest habitations in the outside world to find the pursuit of pleasure, the aim of we life. Last yeah, right. In other words, look, look what's going on over here. You have, you have, you have, on the one hand, we're ignorant about Yiddishka, we don't have a full understanding of Yiddishka, right? Why? And we'll get into that in the next letter. But like he said, you know, we were locked up, we had, you know, we weren't, we were kind of cut off from the outside world for so long. That, uh, you know, all of a sudden now, it's very difficult for us to actually apply Yiddish kind of the way that it's meant to be understood. Plus, there's this big push nowadays towards money and covet and power. And so uh, this, is a, this is, you know, it's kind of, a, right? And he says, but the real problem is ignorance. Where can you find the Jew who knows himself, who is aware of the content and meaning of his destiny and mission? We are the sons of Israel and whose hearts echo the sounds of David's harp? and the words of the prophets, and whose minds at least comprehend the full scopes of Yisrael's duty, even if not as spirit, right? At least the uh, halacha, you know what I mean? Like, at least you should know what you have to do, forget about you know, the reasons behind it, finally. You know? And worst of all, the misconceptions, the outward rites of Judaism may still be familiar, right? Yeah, we know you have to shake a little love, you have to do this, you have to do that, but how little is known of the inner meaning. On the one hand, the edus, Right, which he described earlier, the duties which are meant to educate us, right? Shabbos, Yom, Tif, Tefillin, etc. They're well known. But all too often, they are seen only as thoughtless mechanical practices. Okay, yeah, Yaitzeh, you took the lulav, you shook it, Vaiter. Or almost as magical charms to ward off physical evils or to construe magical worlds, mystical worlds, right? This is kind of his naket chasidim and Kabbalah, which we'll get into more in the next letter, right? It's like, yeah, the mitzvahs now are just magic tricks. No, if you blow the Shafer, you'll get a trick you know whatever you'll, uh, you know, you'll accomplish something in the Himmels you know, up there in Shemayim you're going to accomplish the, the Hashpoz in Shemayim right the precepts for practicing justice and loving kindness on the other hand are considered to be in a category of their own right all Olam Right? So you have the Edos, they're kind of, you know, then you have, you know, the justice, that's what the Torah is all about, Tzedek, Mishpat, love, yeah, those are like, we separate those from the Torah, and we have like these ideas, you know, and kind of the secular concepts of love and tolerance and whatever, separate from Judaism, rather than inherent in it. As so the man's made on Judaism in in the struggle with our sensual instincts and appetites, right? Food, and then Arias, with our desire for indulgence and indolence. These laws are not understood at all, but are considered mere cruelty to man. Hey, what are you, what are you, what are you, not letting me enjoy life? Inevitably, they must lose the battle, since it can only be won through spiritual fervor, and that is what we have, right? Again, you're, not, you're gonna lose the battle, even if you want to try, right? You have a, it's a very challenging to be able to, you know, withstand all these uh, temptations. And uh, if you don't have the spirit, you don't have the Torah, the Yerushalmi, and and and, uh, and everything behind it, you're gonna ultimately fail. So we have a generation of people that completely Yiddishkeit is completely misunderstood. They have no idea what they're doing. And there you go. And then you have uh, then you have Reform. What do you think is gonna happen, right? That is where we are deficient in inner depth, in proper comprehension of the destiny and the teaching of Judaism. And hence, in love for it, right? We don't have this inner depth. This is the very, you know, this is what he struggled with. And by the way, this was what Hasidim we're coming to address. This is what uh, Musa was coming to, right? That you know, even though we had the, the outer trappings, we knew the basic, uh, You know, sometimes you know we knew the law, we did the things, we did it, but we had no sense of what it meant. We had no sense of what it means to be a yid. No sense of what's behind it, right? In Musa, that was the, the, the year of Shemayim was missing. Right? This comprehension, however, is the only counterbalance against temptations from within and without. You can't expect to just do the mitzvahs without having this deep understanding. Attaining a deeper understanding of Judaism must therefore be our aim, for it is the only way to our salvation. We need to understand it. Now compare this aim to today's attempts at reform. Do not be angry with anyone. Respect all of them, for they sense a shortcoming. It's amazing, right? They desire the good as they conceive it. They try and improve the lot of Jews. They see that the Yiddishkeit is, 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 you know, is uh, destroying people's lives, it's a dead carcass, and they're trying to reform it, right? They have the best intentions for the welfare of their brethren, and he's being very, very generous to reform Jews over here. He's saying, Well, the reformers, they, they want to do what's right, you know? It's like, it's very easy for us to curse out Tziyonim and Rishonim, you know, are they not motivated to, to save Yiddin lives? They see what was going on, the Yiddin were suffering for so long, right? And they're wrong, but uh, we, not everyone who's wrong do we have to say is, is, is evil, Right? Right? He says, If they have failed to recognize the good, to grasp the truth, it is not they who must chiefly bear the blame. The entire past must shoulder it with them. Right? In other words, it's a very, very powerful thing. And this is what it refers to, some people got a little upset at her first, to page, page 243. Right? In other words, these are people that, are, what do you expect from them? They inherited a Judaism, which was dry. They weren't taught what Yiddishkeit really is. They weren't taught the spirit of Yiddishkeit, what it means. And then, so, so they see Yiddishkeit, okay, let's get rid of this thing and let's try to make our lives better. Let's try to improve the lot of the Again, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a powerful thing, right? And this is where Hirsch blamed the past as much as, he, as much as he was upset at reform. He didn't blame them. He's like, what do you expect, right? And, and this is why the, you know, and, and again, I'm not here to make these declarations. Hirsch is obviously a Hirsch, but like, you know, you see today, it's like we get very scared, oh, this one said this, this one said this, but you know what I mean? Sometimes uh, the, the past is holding us back and it requires a certain perspective to, to, to kind of see, see things a little bit differently again i don't need uh you know unrecorded you know say names and stories and things like that but it's an important thing to realize that you know when you see you know, when you see people acting in a certain way very often it's a rebellion against something else Right, you know, feminism, you know, rights feminism, what I those things. It's a rebellion against men being absolute animals and pigs and treating women like garbage. Like, what, what do you expect was going to happen? Right? It's like when you see these, you know, these movements. Yeah, these are responses. Now, you know, like again, I would say, and you know, because there are numbers out here, so I can I can say it. You know, it's like, you know, you have, uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we built up with a beautiful world post World War II in America, and uh, but then eventually we lost the spirit of Yiddishkeit. We focused so much on building. And uh, there's been a reaction, the reaction was, uh, thank you Hashem, right? There's the whole hippie movement, you know, is that, you know, Baruch Hashem, they're not reform, and they're not whatever, but that's also a reaction, and whether that's the right reaction or not, I guess time time, time will tell, but, uh, you know, it's, it's when you give someone something, what do you expect from them, what do you expect from them, you know? Therefore, respect their intention, but you may well aggrieve, indeed you may weep, when examining their actual endeavors. Look, reformers are destroying Tyra, they're destroying Yiddishkeit. You know their motivations might be great, but they're ultimately uh, destroying it. Is this the reform that we're in need of to adopt a viewpoint alien to Judaism? to take from foreign sources some thesis about the purpose of man or the meaning of emancipation and to whittle down and reduce the fullness of Judaism to some of the ideas, right? And this is what you see, right? You take foreign ideas, right? nowadays, it's like, I always, I'm amazed, and you see like the reform rabbis, you know, of America putting out their statements in support of this and that. It's amazing how the Torah is 100% in their view is consistent 100% with whatever the latest liberal agenda is, you know what I mean? If the Baruch Hashem were into the transgender, That is what the Torah actually means. The Torah, you know, it's like ridiculous, right? We're taking foreign concepts and we're just putting Yiddishkeit, you know, that's what Yiddishkeit is. Is this the reform we need to remain within the framework of Judaism but an uncomprehended Judaism and merely to revise the outward forms of one misunderstood part of it, the divine service, right? So we have the synagogue and the prayer and they brought the organ and we're going to make, you know, the whole, you know, we're going to make mixed seating, etc. And remodel it according to the sentimentals of the age. Let's put organs and let's, you know, have mixed seating and let's try to be like a church. We can see it everywhere. Uncomprehended practices are being jettisoned, and others, equally uncomprehended, are being kept on, right? Like, why, 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 why they decide to keep this and not this? Like, why Pesach and not Shavuos? Why this and not this? Okay, I don't know, cultural things, Hanukkah, why is Hanukkah the biggest deal, right? And Purim no one cares about? I don't know, whatever, Christmas, whatever, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for, for how these people, uh, you know, very little is done out of any real, deeper understanding. Look at the schools, the repositories of all our hopes for the future. Just like the schools of our age in general, they train the youth to become breadwinners through trade and commerce, right? The arts and sciences. Their minds are developed to some degree, the more by memorizing and by learning. Okay, just see this, this little, little dig over there that you know we're very good at teaching kids how to memorize, but we're not actually explaining. We're not teaching them how to think, okay. But what about molding the heart, teaching, teaching Judaism, pervading the schools with the spirit of Judaism so that it may one day pervade life? What about educating human beings who recognize that they live in a world of Hashem's making and are endowed with Hashem with God-given capabilities for the purpose of fulfilling God's will? Human beings who are glad of their task and are attached with fiery enthusiasm and love to the name of Jew. The name that summons them to such a life and calls them to carry these teachings through changing times and tribulations, suffering and privations, right? Are we teaching them, right? And again, I guess we could ask the same question in our own days. Are we teaching this in our are schools? We, are we somehow imparting in them a, a meaning of what it means to be a Yid, a love of what it means to be a Yid, and a, a loyalty to the Torah? Because this is the most important thing, loyalty to the Torah, right? You have any other hashkafa? you know, it falls apart, right? That's very, very restricted to time and place, right? But that you can stay true and loyal to kind no matter what you go through. That comes from explaining what it means to be a Yid and what the Torah is. And toward this end, what about teaching them an understanding of the present and a perception of their own role as, role, as the building blocks of the future, right? Explain to them, look at the world today and where do you fit into this world? Look at this and you find a void. Just pick up any of the textbooks about religion. It starts out with some rules of conduct drawn from outside Judaism. You know, okay, I'm not sure which books he's referring to, but you know. It lists the thirteen principles of faith upon which Judaism rests, but which certainly do not represent this entirety. Again, Rafersh's view of the Yugamalikum is a, is a, is, a, is a one which we're not gonna get into, right? But suffice to say, Refersh is like, you have to believe in the tire right? Like the 13 Ikrim, okay, there's a certain philosophies maybe, and ideas about Yiddishkeit, wonderful, but that that's not what Yiddishkeit, right? those are not many, right? Yiddishkeit is, doesn't have six, it has 613 Ikrim, you know. It includes some ideas of morality derived from the Ten Commandments, but chukim and edos, right, the ideas of, of uh, you know, if mentioned at all, I mean, chukim reverses as, as your approach to yourself, to family life, to, to, to morality, edos, right, if mentioned at all, i discussed discuss only very briefly, or in the appendix as the so-called ceremonial laws, all this more or less a variation on the catchisms um, originating in totally different settings for totally different purposes. Again, he's promoting the school system, right? Again, he's dealing there with schools that are reformed. You know, if you want to kind of apply it to our own days, we're, we're, we're light years ahead, obviously, in, in every single respect. But again, the question is, are we, are we teaching Yiddishkeit in, in its way it's meant to be, in a way that's going to be able to, to, to keep going for, for, for future generations? Others, again, teach the literal meaning of the words of the Torah, but no more than the literal meaning. And they deem themselves happy for having achieved that much. About the duties of the Jew, they teach only their practical applications from handbooks compiled for this purpose. Right? Let's have the Shabbos kitchen, the rabbi by this, rabbi by that. We have the basic halacha, black and white. You know, everyone likes to be. We pre- have I mean, nights here that people come We want to learn halacha, right? So the guy that's working is, you want to you focus on the practical. I said, I've never seen a guy learn halacha la for an hour a night and not get burnt out after a week, right? It's like. How, how long can you sit there and learn Like you have halacha say there you want to do it fine but like the idea that you're just learning halacha black and white without being able to give the spirit of the tyrant behind it is, is ultimately going to fall apart right or else they offer some ideas about their meaning that don't stand up to logical analysis okay even the Ashkafa that some people teach doesn't add up For heaven's sake, where are Jews to come from? True Jews inspired by a living awareness of Hashem and their own mission. Jews possessing the strength to fight sensuality and aberration who will stand up to the burdens and misconceptions of the times. You can see the situation right? In other words, basically saying, and again, Rav Hirsch here is not afraid to blame the pastor. I don't blame, you know, you know Rav Aaron, uh, we, we went on a trip to Poland, so you was know, talking about Beis Yaakov, and we was talking about Beis Yaakov, so he said there was a big meeting. I mean, the issue, that, the, 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 the situation for girls at the time was, you know, I mean, boys was also difficult, but for girls, because, you know, there were laws about public school, right? You had to send public education, and the boys, they kind of fanegged the way out, but they sent their girls. Like, okay, girls don't have to learn anyways. The girls end up going, the girls were much much worse than the boys I mean if you want to go down a rabbit hole you know you, you could look up an organization Google it called Tzvi Migdal I mean this was a, a Jewish you know prostitution ring this was one of the largest you know this is I mean look into it go look into it I don't have to tell you the history of it it's a fascinating you know Sarishnir writes about this that this is one of the things that they were trying to, to solve against which is the Jews that were the Jewish girls that were right, you know terrible terrible things were happening to them you know you had these uh, someone said that was the makar of getting married on Friday because uh, these guys would come in, these, you know, these rich, clean-shaven guys, offered to marry the girl and bring them to a better life. They would take him and then they would you know, sell them off to prostitution. South America had a, you know, it was a big trade. It was a... As someone said, like, 50% of the trade in, was controlled by, uh, by Jews. Again, tough financial situations. It was terrible. They were very, very vulnerable. They were in very, very bad shape. Girls were going off to derech left and right. There are memoirs of, you know, these, these women, these husbands would go away, you know, out of town to work. They would come back. And their wives, meanwhile, was uh, doing all sorts of menei yesser while the husband was away. And these hey, are haimish Hasidic girls. This is in Poland, in the early 1900s, right? That's where Avaron always says nostalgia is a result of bad memory. You know, when we talk about the Heligish, Europe and Poland, I mean... You know, there, there, you know there, there's obviously what to say about a pure time, but uh, things were very, very bad, you know, at least in show Anyways, there was this big conference of Rabbanim, there was a rub in Egypt that called this conference, and we have to figure out what to do, we have to make changes, and he's writing like about the meeting, and like, basically the Rabbanim, they were like, well, we have to come up with Takhanas, girls can't read secular books, and we have to double down, and this and that, like completely, completely oblivious to what was happening. And just, you know, the solution was just more of the same, you know, forcing and yelling and screaming. And then, and then nothing happened until the Sarshaniah comes along. And then, you know, through, through inspiring, through teaching, through educating is what, you know, ultimately happens. But that's what happens. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we're busy, you know, we're, we're doubling down. We don't kind of see, you know, we don't see what's happening. And uh, we want to do what kind of worked for us, you know, what worked in the previous generation. We're fighting it with yesterday's methods. And it's uh and and ultimately it's uh you know we suffer we suffer tremendously until we could actually learn, and Rehersh wasn't afraid to, to 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 point that out, that uh, that you know you can't blame reformed Jews for everything you got to blame uh, you know you got to a lot of blame falls on the past for the for the legacy for the, the watered down version of Yiddishkeit that was that was handed down to them what what, what more do you want from them so uh so and, and uh, so it's important Refersh is pointing out here in this letter we need reform but the reform has to be in imparting in our children, in presenting a Yiddishkeit that is genuine, that is, that is that is inspiring, that explains what it means to be a Yid. When a person understands what his role is as a Yid, and what the role of the Torah is, and how the Torah is meant to, meant to change a person and build a nation, that's ultimately the way we fight. So he says, ends on a positive note, Why dwell on this sorry picture? Let us rather rejoice that Jewish youth is still second to none in its spirit and morality. Far removed though it may be from the requirements of Judaism, right? Still, a Yid is a Yid. And even today, by the way, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, there's still the family values amongst Jews, even secular Jews, right? Let us be glad about the activity going on within the structure of Judaism. Right? There's movement, there's excitement, people are trying to do things, even though it appears to us to involve some tearing down or whitewashing of some corroded spots. Right, so that's an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly gracious statement to make. These reformers are trying to destroy Yiddishkeit. And he's saying, look, they're trying to make changes, they're trying to improve. There's an energy, there's a spirit there that's moving them. Right? It is a pledge of better times to come. Instead of dwelling on the present sad picture. Let us rather sketch some outlines for bringing about what we see as an authentic reform, as a it means to attain it. The next letter, let's well, you know, he's going to kind of outline the history and then kind of give some advice. But again, the fact that you know that there's something, you know, there's a restlessness in a Jew. You know, there was a famous book written by uh, it was it Norman know, uh, about the, why are Jews liberal. And one of the things is that a Yid wants to change, he wants to improve people's lives, he wants to do, there's a lot of energy there, right? And so that has to, unfortunately, it's being channeled in the wrong direction, but that's a positive thing, as long as there's a kind of, you know, there's that spirit of a Jewish spirit, that fighting spirit that wants to make things better. You know, it's uh, there's hope that uh, that that you know that they'll eventually realize what the correct way of doing it is, and so uh, that's very hopeful for the future. And then you see that right. There's a lot of energy. There's always things happening. People are always doing. you didn't have this restlessness, which is a you know the idea of you to move to buy a house out in the suburbs, you settle down, that's it. You know that doesn't you know you didn't always always aggressive, always moving and buying and we're moving new neighborhoods and this we're building. Right? It's a it's it's it's, it's a very it's a you know it's a and kind of mentality, but it's also that's what it is. Yiddish is always striving. Yiddish is always striving for, for more, for better. And the that, Metashem, that power could be harnessed to, to, to make everyone, the, to, you know, to rebuild Yiddishkeit. Um, all right, so we'll continue next week. We'll, do the, uh, we'll start next week with the, uh, the 18th letter. Long, long letter.